Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. I'm Hector. Hey, Hector. I'm James. How are you, James? I'm good. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, why are you here, James? I'm filling in <laughs> for Ben. And where's Ben? Ben is not here. He is in our studio. He's in the 561 Music Lounge. Hey, Ben, what are you doing there? Uh, hi, I'm a talking head this week. I'm, uh, I'm all the way over in England, old blighty, the green grass of home over here. And um, uh, due to the wonders of mo- modern technology, I'm also in the 561 Music Lounge, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, I flew over to England a couple of days ago and uh, I've been hanging out with my uh, family and stuff like that, but I'm still uh, quarantined in my house. So this is a pleasant distraction. So thanks for letting me, uh, thanks for letting me zoom in on this one. Also, we've never done it like this, so I just really wanted to see if we could pull it off. So nice one. Absolutely, man. It wouldn't be 561 Music without you. And I have to, I have to tell you, you know, uh, you know, me being uh, such an, uh, aficionado of the 80s uh i'm digging the vibe man this is kind of like a little max headroom thing going on here you're like in a little box and and i like it it's weird i like it yeah like it's great here the the weather is i always forget that even in midsummer it's cold i was wandering around with my sleeveless t-shirt on and the like the it was like not a cloud in the sky right like the middle of the day june 23rd i'm cold I've, I've I've completely converted to a Floridian at this point. That sounds amazing. I'm not used to the cold. It no, does, it doesn't. It does. Sound that sounds amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's so <laughs> hot out right now. It's terrible out. No, it's nice. All right. Well, our <laughs> our guest this week is Fox Maple. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This yeah, is abs- awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna have way too much fun. We are have already had way too much fun. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, ben usually has a list of questions that uh, that he asks everybody, so I've, I've got his uh, his handy list of questions here. And the first one he usually asks is, uh, "How did you get started in music?" Well, my my dad was a very interesting man, is a very interesting man, and was extremely interesting at the time that I started music. He is a psychologist, but he's also extremely creative, and he would write like crazy, funny songs about psychology songs for psychologists. He actually like made like a mixtape. It's like the weird owl psychology. I'm telling you he's a weird owl psychologist. That's actually a good a good way to describe it. He um and he's got a diverse background, you know, he's Hispanic. He lived in California. He lived in New Orleans, which is where he really started getting started with music. And then uh, we lived we were from Georgia. But he got me the first instrument that I wanted was a saxophone, which was a little challenging for a six year old uh, it was he my got me first instrument too. Really? Yeah. yeah. And the same. And the same thing. It was super challenging. Different. And I, I ended up giving it up because it was too challenging. Like for such a young kid, Difficult. I like yeah. didn't get it. It was like too much. The wind control. It was too it was stressful. Difficult. That yeah. was actually my first instrument, and I believe it was Ben's first instrument too. Really? Yeah, it was the first instrument I was any good at. Anyway, I did a bit of piano before that, but sax was like the first thing I fell in love with. Which sax did you get, Sally? Was it? Can you remember what size it was? Uh, six-year-old Sally. Do you remember? Um, I it was a it was it was. You remember if it was an alto or a tenor? It's it probably was, an alto. It was brass. It was. <laughs> it was. Well played, sir. It was a sort of goldy color, and it was bendy like a snake. Okay, <laughs> that's an excellent question. You know, I do have a sax player that plays with me who's super talented. He plays an alto sax. That's a, probably about the size of the one that I had, but you know, I was yeah, six I years old. Yeah, I bet it was so an alto sax. That's cool. It, maybe that that's the one what it I was. used to play as well. It's very possible. And then that didn't go well. He got me a harmonica. That was interesting. I occasionally play the harmonica. And my mom played piano. Finally, my mom intervened. And she's like, she's going to start piano lessons. And that was good. I wanted my sister's guitar. 
because I knew she wasn't playing it. It took me like ten years to get that guitar from her because oh, it's wow. a it's a it's a Sigma, so it's basically a Martin. And I had to wait until my dad noticed that she hadn't played it for a really long time, <laughs> and then he took it away from her and gave it to me. And it's like it's been an argument ever since. But she still doesn't play, so I rest my case. So do you still have it? Of course I still have <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's the only – It's besides that mandolin, that's the only decent, like, really nice instrument I own. Uh, the Ovation's pretty good, but the the Sigma is great, and then the gold tone is unbelievable. Well, seeing as we're talking about it right now, can you tell us a little bit about that cool gold tone um, giant mandolin that you have? That's super cool. I'm obsessed with it. I just got it maybe three weeks ago. I'd been shopping for an octave mandolin, which I found out because I I somehow went down a rabbit hole drinking a couple beverages one night about mandocellos. It's like mandolins, cello, so it's half tuned to a cello, half tuned to a mandolin. And I'm like, well, I don't want to learn new chord shapes. I already know the chord shapes for a ukulele, a guitar, a dulcimer, and a mandolin. I can't learn more. If I try to learn more, my brain's going to die. So I went down this mandocello rabbit hole and saw some cool videos, and then I found the octave mandolins. And I thought, this might be a solution to my solo problems. Playing a regular mandolin is so grating on the nerves after several songs because it's so high in the register. Well, I played it. I played a mandolin in Killbillies for the longest time, and it's fine when you've got the rest of the band around you. But if it's just you, it's you know, it's you can't do it. You know, it's like playing like a a piccolo and with nothing else around you. You you know, you're pretty out there, like in the open. Yeah, I I can totally relate with to that. It's just not something that people are used to hearing. So when I was playing solo shows, I was playing guitar three quarters of the show, and I don't like to play the guitar no drag on the guitar players out there i just don't enjoy that so this this <laughs> thing it, it popped up and it's a bazooki style so it's cool because it's an octave mandolin it's got a guitar body but it's bazooki style and it's got two octave paired string sets so usually mandolins are just paired strings of the same tuning four sets of paired strings but this thing's got an octave pair and on the on the bottom two strings nice and it's yeah. really a and full then sound. Two doubles, right? Yeah. Two, what the, are the, the other what, two is it tuned the same as a re- what? What's the tuning? No. So the tuning of a mandolin is the opposite of a bass. So you flip a bass upside down. Right. And is it just the same as? Is it the same as the normal mandolin? But you just right. also have strings down an octave. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's the same exact okay. tuning. So all the same chord shapes as the regular mandolin. But it's really nice because Neat. it's got those two low strings. Those two low. Paired strings with that octave pairing, that, that absolutely is a game changer. It sounds like a guitar and a mandolin together. It gives you a together. guitar E. It does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, the, the E's are high. But oh, they're, the still, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're still lower than, I believe they're still lower than a guitar high E. Right. But it's yeah. the, right. it's the that G. That big G's, e. that you could, those big G's you were playing, like that you can play on that thing, just they, they yeah, sound great. Yeah, they're full. You know, they're so it sounds full. just oh, like a guitar's full. G. Yeah, yeah it sounds it's, amazing. So it's made by Gold Tone. It's unbelievable. I shopped so many different brands. I was looking at $1,500, $2,000 options, and this one was, was a little bit less than that, and it was, it's a game changer. I mean, it makes me well. And I'm a loser because yeah. things like that make me well. A good mandolin makes me well. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. <laughs> quality instruments are yeah, quality absolutely. instruments are a huge thing. I always say it like huge. you can be a good player, 
a crappy instrument. It's going to play crappy. It's not going to sound good. Oh. It's not going to ring out the same way. No, and you get you get confidence out of it. I mean, I was playing I was playing the the stand up bass that I started on, and then I went out and bought bought that other stand up bass that was like whatever it was, you know, seventeen yeah. eighteen hundred bucks. A thousand times different. It's it's just a quality instrument. Yep. How much I like? How much did my confidence just jump as soon as I started playing Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Same when I you bought know? my banjo. It, it's a huge game changer when you have a good piece of gear. I've been very notorious for having horrible, horrible crap gear. I mean, I I was the worst. <laughs> no one's ever been worse about crap gear. I started on a sixty dollar Rogue mandolin in like two thousand eight. I I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna start playing mandolin just because I was so obsessed with Nickel Creek. Chris Seeley. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm Chris Seeley. I'm going to start playing mandolin. And I just ordered one because I just wasn't obsessed with it. I was into it. This thing was Did you ever sit bucks. there and try and learn um, Jessamine's Reel? Who? Jessamine's Reel. Yeah. Have you ever heard that song Jessamine's Reel by Chris Seeley? No, no, but uh, he's amazing. Everything he does is gold. I, I tell amazing. you what, if, you, if, 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 you, if, you, if anything sticks from anything I'd say today, go and listen to that song. It's the only time I've ever heard it was on a promotional video for Dario Strings. And he plays this thing called Jessamine's Reel. It's a solo reel, right? But it's very jazzy. It doesn't sound like your average kind of bluegrass reel. It sounds more like a, a jazz piece. And it's so cool. And that was really when I 100% fell in love with Chris Thiele's playing. He's, he's and I, I learned how to play it. It took me ages to learn how to play it because I still wasn't very good at the mandolin. But it was like it made me so much better just learning that piece. You should, you should check it out, man. It's super cool. I, I, I'm I'm 100% going to do it. Hey, Jessamine's Reel is one of my favorite ones that we do. Uh, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's so, so, so good. And that's well, that's the only reason that I started doing it. And and I just was – I was bored in Stewart. I was living in Stewart, and I'm like, I'm so bored. There's nothing to do. What am I going to do with my life? Because Stuart at that time, you know, 12 years ago or whatever, <laughs> there's just nothing going on there. And I was so bored. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And, and I was bored. I was playing in some punk bands, some metal bands. But it just wasn't, like, working for me. And I was writing songs on the guitar, and I'm not a guitarist. I'm like, this isn't working for me. Something's wrong. I need to I need to. This is not the instrument I'm supposed to, supposed to play. And yeah. I got that mandolin, that $60 mandolin. And that made my life make sense, but it was such a piece of crap. I mean, it was, <laughs> right. and I beat this thing up. It was horrible. I still have it. And then I got another. My dad got me a mandolin for Christmas that is unbranded. Nobody knows who made it. Yes. He got this thing on Amazon from some little shop that had gotten on Amazon. It's blue mandolin. It's in my pictures for Upswell. Nobody knows who made it. Nobody knows. I took it to Wolf Guitar a few years ago. I said, yo, I got problems with these tuners. They're good. They don't make these tuners. Nobody <laughs> knows luck. who made this. Some guy made this yeah. like in his basement. Yes. Love There's no brand. Things. That's amazing. He's like, the tuners have no brand? <laughs> Nothing on this mandolin has a brand. He's like, pull up the That's store great. that you bought it from. I pull up the store that my some dad gu- got it Some from. guy in South America with a, like a weird lathe has just like made these tuners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then my dad pulls up the store out of business. Gone. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> And it's just absurd. So no, I've had some probably dice this like, like hundred year old guy who was doing it and died off. Uh, it, it's like a Disney movie, yeah. though, right? Like somebody made like one mandolin. One. And it was the special yeah. magic yes. mandolin that they sold your dad. Yes, you know? it's the mandolin of destiny, right? Yeah, yes. the, the yes. mandolin you of destiny. Tried to plant it and see if a beanstalk grows. You should do that. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like the special magic, and it's a magic mandolin that opens like the portal to the afterlife, like Coco. <laughs> there, you there you go. Yeah, I'm in. So yeah, pretty much. That's that's how that. I've had a lot of bootleg gear. The Ovation was the first decent mandolin that I had, but this gold tone, another level. Oh no, sounds amazing. 
So there was some. I, I just uh, like the. Sorry to interrupt you, Hector. What I was going to say was uh, it, the the thing that kind of ties in with that question is early influences, like what kind of music you were you listened to, and um, and, and what kind of things were you exposed to when you were young? You know, what kind of got you into music when you were young? My mom did not allow anything to be played in the car or in the house other than, well, oldies is the easy way to say it, but really she loved the Beatles and the Beatles were my favorite band immediately. She started to open the door a little bit to some other things. And then the second artist that I really fell in love with was Elton John. So the first album I ever owned, the first anything I ever owned was a tape and it was Elton John's greatest hits. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. And then, nice. and then it was the Lion King. The <laughs> Lion King soundtrack is Elton John. <laughs> so those are the first two tapes I staged myself. And those are the first two tapes I owned. And then she started buying me some Beatles tapes. And then she started opening the door a little bit to some Herman's Hermits, some monkeys. That's nice. about as far as the door opened for a long time. And my dad would listen to traditional music, mariachi, things like that. So I would listen to some, some, some different Latin and, and Mexican music when we were growing up. Because he was very, gotcha. he was very into our heritage, and 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 definitely we we listened to that a lot. But that Ooh. was it. And then my dad started playing a lot of Zydeco when we would go. Really? To, we would go. We would go to Florida every time we would go to Florida. My dad would play Zydeco because he lived in New Orleans for a while. And right, now yeah, looking cool. looking back, I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with Florida? He's like, <laughs> oh, we got to put on the Zydeco. We're on our way to Florida. Like, what? <laughs> what? It's good driving music. It is weird. Like the, the funny thing about Zydeco is, I don't think there's a style of music in the world where there is more bad music. But there is some great Zydeco out there. I'm in pain. You know I mean? I'm in pain. I've in heard pain. him say that before. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. You know who would love that comment? Frank would love that comment. Would love that comment. Uh, no, I. There's, I do a, like there's that a lot. Of, there's a lot of good stuff out there. But like, there is. So, I've. I, I've. Got CDs where like there's two or three tunes on there that are great and like twenty terrible tunes. <laughs> well, you know, th- this is where we this is where we briefly disagree because I do love Zydeco, but not an in- I wouldn't say it's an influence over anything I've written yet. But I will okay. say it opened the doors to some interesting instruments that I wanted to. Can you can you can you like point me towards some good Zydeco so I can stop being so opinionated about it? Yes, check your email tonight. Because I'm going to forward you right, my Christmas good. Zydeco playlist. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Yes. That yes. sounds like another level of cheese. It's going to yeah. be good. That no, sounds good, be good. good, actually. But, but honestly, like, I started on oldies music. I stayed on oldies. So the Beatles and Elton John, they were the first two people I listened to for so long. And then when I went into high school, I was living in Georgia, driving a truck. I got into country music. I got into a little bit of hip hop, and then when I went to college, things don't got blame weird. it on the truck. Don't oh, blame the it on the truck. Oh, the truck is to blame. I asked for a Toyota Celica, and I'm very lucky that I got the truck because the Celica was old and it was busted. And my dad's like, "I'm gonna get you the truck because it's like in better condition, and you're gonna be able to drive this without it breaking down." Because I saw the Celica, I'm like, "Oh," and this thing was old. <laughs> not classic old just old classical is cool that's a difference for sure there's yeah. a big difference oh, but my dad's difference. like I just think I, I, want, I want to know that you're going to get where you try to go 
So I'm going to get you a vehicle. Old, that, like, old fun- like my Toyota Sequoia old. That oh, no, old. this thing was, no, this is bootleg. Was for, bootleg. For, so, for someone to pick an American vehicle over no. a Toyota, that's uh, no, must no, have been that pretty was, old. No, that's another Toyota. That's a Toyota Celica. It's another, it's another Japanese vehicle, but it was like 15 years old. Oh, it was just an old, I thought, you were, I thought it was no, an American no. truck. No, no, I no. Was... I learned that lesson later. That's all right. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, no, my dad, he got me that cu- he got me the truck and I started acting a little a little red Mexican. You know, I started to get a little red Mexican. And I started doing some things <laughs> and acting acting like a clown in Georgia. But country music became something I was into. It wasn't until I went when I went to college, I got into indie. And indie is what Put me where I am, you know, indie pop and 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 a little surf rock and okay. and and all these weird indie surf crossover genres like the indie alt rock and stuff like that. That's where I went and stayed, and that's been my favorite. I mean, I listen to every kind of music there is. Yeah, but country. Music, I, I hate to sound ignorant, especially oldies. living in Florida. But like, what exactly would you say defines surf rock? Traditional surf rock, like um, oldie yeah. surf rock, is. Very reverb-drenched guitar, garage band type stuff. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of repetitive notes, but it's got a lot of a lot of um, a lot of like progressions up the scale, and then a lot of just work on 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 the low string, the low E. There's a lot of work on the low E. And okay, so so like that classic kind of '60s sort of like exactly type thing. That's is that what. Yeah, that's not what you're talking about, right? Is it? Miserlou, Miserlou exactly. is the quintessential, the quintessential surf rock song. Absolutely. Yeah. The the next would be Walk Don't Run. Again, all that's all Dick Dale Adventures. The Hawaii um, Five O theme song. One hundred percent. But but like the okay, so so like with okay, so that kind of instrumental stuff with instrumental, the instrumental uh, with the reverb. I got and you. a lot of yeah. rep- the bass lines are Agent are, Orange. The bass lines are repetitive in some ways, and they they come off of a lot of them come off of. I think it's more like with with like blues, you go to like the one you start on the one, whereas like with surf rock, like you, a lot of times you don't start on the two. Delete this out okay. tomorrow if I'm wrong because <laughs> I don't know shit about theory. So let's just delete. Well, that no, one I'm part. just delete interested one. because I I, I kind of thought that there was like because I know about like that kind of surf music, but I thought there was like you know so, something I was missing. Like there's that like kind of surf. No. Ro- like I thought you might be talking like Jack Johnson type well, kind of thing. No, so Jack no. Johnson, he's like a well, he started like off Johnson. as like an acoustic singer songwriter indie pop guy, and then he moved yeah. out to indie very fast. There's nothing indie about right. him, and there hasn't been for a long time. But but basically, yeah. like, but classic surf rock was Dick Tail Adventures, sure. very reverb drenched garage rock, very guitar driven. The bass lines were very structured, but also they they really stayed true to a pattern. Yeah. And the drum beats were all right. dun 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 yeah. dun dun. Yeah, yeah. So, that, like that. Okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Snare. I think I was thinking that there was something else out there that I wasn't aware of, but I know uh, exactly what you no, mean. No, okay, it's pretty. Yeah. Thanks for it's, clarifying that for me. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's pretty obvious. It's like uh, you know, if if you if you're thinking that it's too obvious, it, that's exactly what it is, though. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> surf rock. Is. Exactly. So that's classic surf rock. So classic surf rock is that and. And funny enough, like we, I played in a surf rock and oldies band, and and I kind of converted that band into an oldies band. It started as a surf rock, pure dedicated Link Ray, 
um, you know, Dick Dale. And, and that was like where it stayed. And then when I, I said, you know, we got to start playing more shows. Like, this is, we got to get some the, vocals the in Stratolites? here. The Stratolites. The yeah. Stratolites, yeah. And I started saying, let's get some, let's get some vocals. Let's just start doing some Johnny Rivers. So we started with Johnny Rivers and we went to Sam Cooke. Yeah. And then we started adding in some other oldies and some stuff like that. And it went really well. It was nice. But that's old school oldies type surf rock. Then there's like yeah. indie surf. Yeah. So different. Another planet. Whole other place. So when I had posted. Right. I guess that's what I was kind of trying to get at. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, like, I posted. Like what is that? Like who's I, good with that? It's so different. It's so different. I had posted a, a Craigslist ad. Trying to create an indie surf band, and that's how right. I linked in with this surf rock band. Okay, but right. indie surf is like okay. There's a great band that pl- they're all from. Um, what's that really awesome music school in um, West Palm? Remember oh, that? what Dreyfus? Dreyfus. So they're all Dreyfus kids. They are called. They were called. Uh, they still are. They're still active. Surfer blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Local kids, local kids. Yeah. Shout out and to Surfer I spoke Blood. to those guys. They're coming on here. Awesome. We're going to have them on. Incredible band. Incredible band. Yeah. If you have them on, I will be here whether you let me in or not. <laughs> <laughs> I will be here waiting outside like this. Like, Security. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nerding out. I, no. I spoke to them last week. That we're going to have them on in September. <laughs> you should come down and hang out for sure. I, I'm obsessed with Surfer Blood. I'm yeah, obsessed. Those, guys, and, those and guys are good. I'm obsessed with really them. really good. So... They are absolutely the prototype of indie surf yeah. music. I it's saw those very guys. Reverby. I saw those guys years ago. Um, and when I say years ago, I mean at, it's probably been at least ten years, if not longer. Um, at uh, at Respectables, just a small little, small little like. I saw them at Respectables whole, like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Those those guys are really good. They're I, they, if you haven't if you haven't listened to them, Ben, give them give them a listen. I think you'll like them. Oh, I have. I I, I know who they are. Yeah. They're, they're unbelievable. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, really good. So they they are absolutely one of my my they're my they're one of my top three favorite bands for sure. And okay, so that's that, that's kind of what I was driving at. Like you know, obviously that kind of sixties sort of ventures type stuff. Um, I, I know about and, and and when but when you were saying surf rock, I was wondering what you meant, and and I guess you did mean that, but you also kind of meant this like kind of where it mixes with indie and surfer blood. Okay, I get where we're right. going with this now. It makes yeah. sense to me now. I and get you. Cayucas, yeah. another great band, uh, local natives. Those are my top three influences as far as what I think my stuff sounds like. Maybe some metric, but those early influences, the Beatles and Elton John, and that's where I learned like. Catchy shit, harmony. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, here. you gotta, you gotta do stuff that sticks in people's heads. Yeah, it makes them want to sing but along. There's a, there's a lot of indie indie bands that I love that I love their technical nature. I love their their the way that they twist music theory and fuck with it. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily have those things that stick yeah, in your head. Th- that catchy. Yep. No, that the fades into you. I even wrote it on the thing. Like that one. Uh, that one has a lot of sing along to it. Like you want to sing along to that oh, one. It it's got like a lot it of does. that. Like I find myself wanting to harmonize with it in the yeah. Car I, was, the I was. I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, like and that, I agree with you. I think those are the most important things. When people walk away from a show and they've only heard you once and they're singing your songs or at least humming the melody, it's oh, got to happen. That's a great feeling. It's that's what, and that's what you want them to do because that makes that they're gonna like think about it later. Be like oh, I had that really cool melody, and they'll look them up later. 
But if you were just fun yeah, to watch exactly. a little bit and then they you left and that was it, they're gonna forget about it. So as far as um, so as far as I'm mean, since we're on the subject of of your songs and stuff, do you have uh, do you have a writing process? Like, do you, is there is there kind of a, a process that you follow, or is it just kind of? Especially, you seem to change, write a, a broad it, scale of stuff. I I yeah. I've written so many songs that it's it's kind of weird. I've I've written like <laughs> fifty plus songs. I've recorded six. Wait, six. One's a Christmas song. That's right. I know you might not have heard the Christmas seven because you just you're going to record another well, one in a little bit. Exactly. It's going to. Well, she's, she's the opposite yeah. of Elvis. We were just discussing before the show that right. Elvis I, has written nothing exactly. and has recorded seven hundred and fifty songs. Oh, good for him. And that, it's like okay, I need to flip the script in some way. Does your music usually come first, or does your like lyrics come first? Which one usually comes I, first? I you? would say that probably seventy five percent of the songs I've written. I'm just walking around, living my life, and I'm like, "Oops, something just got in my head." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I feel that. I mean, it comes into my brain out of nowhere, and my my voice memos on my iPhone are quintessential. <laughs> I have all. Yeah. I was driving here. I was driving here, and like doing the horrible detour around North Lake, and I was grouchy, grouchy, because I just got you know had a bunch of phone calls before I came here that I didn't want to take, and I'm on my way here, and I'm like. I think I might have just written the introduction to Wrong Generation. Nice. And so I like recorded. Oh, sick. It, in, it comes in my head. But here's the problem. I don't know a lot about music theory. I only took a few lessons. I took some lessons on piano, and then I took a few lessons on guitar. Yeah. And when I, when I met my guitar teacher in middle school, he's like, all right, we're going to start with music theory. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I was like, I just want to learn how to play metal and punk songs. And he's like, all right. I don't care. You're, Terrible. I'm getting paid. You can do whatever you want to do. Terrible. And so, it, literally, this guy just taught me how to play. He taught me how to read tabs. Don't get me wrong. And he taught me a few things I needed to know. And then he just taught me Metallica songs, and Lagwagon <laughs> songs, and No Use for Name songs. And I only had lessons for like I don't know, maybe three months. And my dad one day is like, "Oh, I want to hear what you've been learning." And I'm like, "All right." And I play like Enter Sandman. He's like. Yeah, it's like no, <laughs> no. This is not working for me, and I didn't want to like throw him under the bus, but I didn't know what to say. And he's like, "Yeah, we're not doing this anymore. You're not having any more guitar oh, lessons." So I really funny. only had maybe, maybe like ten lessons for guitar, maybe twenty lessons for piano, and then as an adult human, I had a couple, a couple bass lessons like later on, trying to work on advanced stuff. My music theory knowledge is very small. I'm right there with you. I am an, I three of us ear. at this table right I, now. I play yeah. by once. Ear. We are the dominance. Yeah, I, I've been are. playing bass for thirty plus years, and I, I, there's very, very limited theory knowledge that I could sit here and discuss with you. I, I play by well, ear. I don't think it really makes a difference. All it does is make your songs sound different. It's, it certainly has no basis on whether you'll be successful or not. That's for sure. Or write a good song or not. Well, you know, I will. Sure, it might it, it might mean that you use more interesting chords or understand how the chords go together or stuff stuff like yeah. that. But sometimes that naivety is really important in music and and it like I and, and charming and sometimes it makes the song. Sometimes making a mistake, you know, can make a song. You sure, know? sure. So I don't think that having a really really broad understanding of music theory is important in terms of writing pop and rock. But I mean, I think it can help, but it can also hinder. Honestly, you get so tied up in it that you start thinking you have to do this and do that, and you end up writing some, you know, weird convoluted music. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I, 
He's so dead on. All I know this is, is from true. listening to the music that you've written, it certainly doesn't show. You you know, you you obviously hash it out until you get the notes that you wanted to to play, which is all that matters, you know? Yeah. This oh, is yeah. very true because I've written with groups of musicians. But it's like, like when before you were in Killbillies and it was like, Everybody was in there as solid musicians, and it was like, wow, you guys are just adding shit in here to make this crazy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I, I, the, he's so dead on, though, about the it can help you, it can hurt you. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I was going to say. Is so as as a writer that's written the majority of my songs by ear, now that I, I've tried to learn more music theory so that I can become a better solo player, mm-hmm. so that I can play sure. better licks on the mandolin. Because I said, you know, a year ago, a year ago today, can you believe a year ago today we were still in the Rona world and the clown city, like horrible. And I was just trying to get Fox and Foes out there in person and stuff was like reopening and then closing again. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so funny because I, I see those like time hop memories and stuff like that. And I, I just can't believe that that was just a year ago. It feels like 500 years ago because my brain deleted all of it. Yep. But the weird thing is, I said to myself, okay, I got to get better at picking. I got to be able to solo more because I don't know who I'm going to have for any given show. You know, what if someone gets the Rona? What if I got to play sure. by myself? And I didn't, I didn't ever really play by myself. So I started working really hard on music theory and picking and trying to do scales and all those things. But as a self-taught ear player... It really met, it really changed I won't say it messed up. It changed my songwriting process. Absolutely. Because like sand. Sand on sand on on Upswell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I'm re-releasing sometime in the next several months with Mike Sanchez, who cool. y'all probably know. So Mike Sanchez and I are doing a remix of sand called Hot Sand. Oh, that'll be cool. And and we're doing a yeah. completely rethought version of that. It's got it's got a bunch of cool stuff in it. Nice. And we're doing a video for it and everything. And that'll be like, you know, we don't know when. It'll, it'll happen soon. But cool. sand. I wrote by ear just messing with stuff. And when I took that to Absolute Music Studios to record it, he's like, tell me about the change from C to A sharp. You're like I can't tell you about that. You're like I didn't know there was an A sharp in the song. I I, I like, can't I tell you. I honestly about that. just went to this position. I'm like I really can't tell you that because I don't really know how this happened. I was drinking a couple beverages, and it just and, and messing around good. with some chords. And, and I thought have it you seen that? Good. Have you seen that meme which which says there's the two different types of guitarists? One is it's in the key of G, and the other is it's in the key of fret three. Yes, <laughs> that makes me laugh. yes. I am the second I am a fret three baby. And he's like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "I don't really know what just happened." That's why I can't play my uh, bass songs <laughs> I, on banjo. I I, I am yeah. like, and I'm sitting over here going like, "What's a fret?" <laughs> a fret. I know. Oh, stop it! You're pretty good. A fret, a fret. Yeah, I fret about frets often, but. Honest to God, like I just, I've been writing a song the last couple of weeks that I find myself thinking in music theory and being like, well, I have to write the change in this chord and, I, and this key. And I go, I got to go to this chord. And I'm like, stop. No, well, you got to get back to the old days. Yeah. Got to get back to the old days. So I think that the songs that I write with the music theory in mind are probably more marketable. So I'll just, somebody else is going to record all of them. That's funny. <laughs> and then I need to go back in time and I need to become dumb. And, and forget all the music theory and rewrite all the next stuff. Well, what I've realized about listening to from listening to your music is it's not that, I mean, the thing is, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. And it's not that I purposely did it, but I definitely underestimated how good you are at writing songs. And sometimes it just comes from, 
it just you know it that that ability to do it to have a good idea to understand how a hook works and how to spin everything together it doesn't really require exhaustive knowledge of music theory it's just you either have an ear for it or you don't and you do have an ear for it which is yeah. this wonderful thing yeah your hooks are catchy cool. thank you i'm just a writer yeah. that that accidentally got a mandolin in their hands you know so <laughs> yeah so that so then that that brings us to the next question and there's no right or wrong answer to this we just like to ask it i'm still gonna give you the wrong answer and see, there's, there's no we wrong just like answer to make you feel <laughs> we just want to know we we, we we ask everybody and we just and it's kind of it's kind of funny the 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 different you know the, the different across the board answers we get but do you practice oh yeah oh yeah okay i'm a freak i got problems i got a lot of problems with 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 this I, I only exclusively date musicians because Is this about how you practice about two years ago. Well, <laughs> that's for a different podcast. Um, that's for the other. That's podcast. a different podcast. We we discuss that podcast and we will have that another time. Um, there are so many things I I could say that I'm just not going to say. <laughs> There's so many things I could say and I'm definitely not going to say. But honest to God, about about two or three years ago, I said to myself. I because I I was a professional athlete for eight years. I wasted eight years of my good music years playing pro football and hockey. Well, I wouldn't say that that's a waste. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Awesome. I hurt myself a that's lot. Pretty um, ba. I made I'm a very not gonna lie. seriously. Like, I made I, I made a a, an I mean, amount of money that's not acceptable for the injuries I incurred. I mean, I'm ex-military and I think that you're badass. So. It, it was very cool. I think it was pretty cool. It was so very fun. I mean, I'm, I'm ex-vegan grocer, you guys. I think you're pretty badass. So, you know. It was very was... cool, but it, it definitely, like, it slowed me down on my musical journey. I, sure. I took a massive hiatus. I'm a very late bloomer because I spent eight years living an entirely different life. Basically, I think yeah. of it as I've lived multiple lives. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I lived a whole other life as an athlete. That I can't even, I can't even like process in my mind hole, and I, maybe that's what because I've had nine concussions. Going on with that? I, I feel like that for? could be the concussion, concussion talking. It's possible. I'm, I'm really curious about this athletic period of your life. Would, would, you, did you play for a, a team in Florida? I did. I played for the Palm Beach Punishers. R.I.P. They went out of business in 2013. Anything that's right. Punishers sounds sounds amazing. Right. It was fun. Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> great, great people on that team. And then I played for the Miami Fury. Incredible franchise we went to the uh, playoffs we lost the super bowl winners two years in a row played i played for two years with miami fury they were great and i played with the u.s national team which is very cool we went to sweden that's won a gold medal pretty freaking awesome a little repeat damn that's awesome a little yeah repeat. we repeat so we beat canada 2010 beat canada again 2013 this is the what are you talking about? this is the 2010 ring the 2013 ring is too big can't be worn. Like okay, me. okay. At this table, <laughs> no one can wear that badass of a ring. I'm just right, fucking right. saying, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. true, man. I kind of it was cool, but I mean, of course. Can I, see it? I but it, it I am about. like Gollum with this thing, though. So oh if you wear it for too God. long, I'm gonna have a James problem. James is like, James is like, <laughs> oh, it's too heavy. <laughs> I didn't know which one to put it. It's on. gonna be pinky. It's gonna be a pinky ring. Yeah, I'm calling it. Really? No, it's this. Like I'm surprised. This is I have very tiny fingers. He's a he's a banjo player, man. He's got like slick fingers. This is my ring on this this i feel fucking tough wait get a close-up of this thing Look at this. <laughs> well to be fair it, you I feel, feel you feel better about like being in a dicey bar when when you got that on yeah i just feel like sure. i could yeah. get away it's with doing like anything with this on like someone looks no like, 
No, you can't get away with nothing because if you punch someone, it says USA backwards. Yeah, but on like you forehead. don't have to punch somebody. <laughs> All you got to do is just like, well, just like wiggle it with your pinky a no, little. You don't like you get pulled over and you're just like. Do you want to see the move? You go like this. You go. You tap yeah. the bar. You tap the bar with the ring. That's how I get a guy yeah. that really oh, used totally. to take it easy. Yeah, because like literally, dude, you see this from across the bar, and you're gonna be like, ah, "That's a Super Bowl ring." If, if a guy I'm... really, if a guy really needs to take it easy, then then that's the way it goes. Like, if, I, if a guy needs that's to cool, take man. it easy, to settle down, then that's the way it goes. I swear there that's was an actual cool. topic that led to this. Like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how we got we on the Super Bowl ring. You, we were asking if you practice, and you said oh, yeah. so, date musicians. So basically, I I <laughs> practice a lot. I I definitely play. I mean, I I, I do have a day job. I I work. I'm you know working in the real estate industry all day, but I I play all all the time. I play every day. I either sing or play or work on music every single day. Nice. And awesome. I got to a point where I was dating regular guys. That we're doing various things. And I'm like, this isn't working for me. They don't get it. They're like, <laughs> wait a minute. You go yeah. out three nights a week to either play or see other bands and that's all you do? I'm like, yeah, I don't go out unless I'm doing that. Or I sit on my couch for hours on end. And I thought, like, we got to stop. It's time. It's time to just only start dating musicians, which is a double-edged sword. Because it's then you have to deal sword. with the same problems. Because I, I got guys that understood what my passion and they understood why I spent all the time doing it. But I also was dating musicians. So that's the other double-edged sword. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I don't think we're a particularly easy bunch. Let's be honest. No, but their unwellness I can relate to in a way that I can't with, you know, these other people. Yeah. So. We're rather emotional creatures, you know. Emotional is okay. Emotional is okay. We're all emotional. And a lot of us are pretty sketchy when it comes to dealing with life. But, you know, as we, as we mature, I think we get a bit better. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, my my sweet spot is men. Now I'm I've moved the the men age from forty five to fifty. Like once you guys hit fifty, oh, I feel you like go. you guys start to figure it out. I think y'all start to yeah, figure it out at fifty. I don't know. I'm turning fifty this year, and I don't know shit for me. Wait, anything. you <laughs> might on on day one of fifty, you might be like, wait a minute, is I, it got a light, it, I got. I mean, it. is it a light switch? Like on my birthday, it am I going to go? Yes. Aha! Uh-huh. I it's think like, you're going to be like, like wait a minute, I've got it. Switch. It just like instantly says like boom. I don't know. Now when you turn forty, you. Feel like the light switch is moving, but the breaker trips. So like you know what to do, uh, but it doesn't work. I, I, like, I'll tell you, you fifty know, now is my new. Everybody's range. always asking my kids, you know, like what do you what do you want to do when you grow up, etc. And and I, you know, my wife and I are always saying the exact same thing. We're like, how how are they going to know what they want to do when they grow up? Like I'm turning fifty this year, and I have no fucking clue what I want to do when I grow I up. I know what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to be a comedy show host. Or a deep sea oh, diver. Yeah. That's amazing. Those are my two answers. My mom asked me all the time. She's like, I don't understand. You're not a deep sea diver. I'm like, no, no, never going to happen. She's like, you kind of are a comedy show host. You play music and you act like a clown. I'm for, like, thank you, mom. For the Sally show. Yeah. <laughs> Sally Fox Maple Clown Brigade like tequila show. I like it. That's a show that happens three times a week. <laughs> I, I could I could dig it. I've, I've been in that. I've and been you know, part of that of show a couple times. One of the important things about playing around here that you do very well is you bring a party to a venue. And I think a lot of people underestimate how important that is as an entertainer, mm-hmm. you know, I, to show up somewhere and yeah. actually make the people in the bar have more fun than they were previously, previously yes, having. Absolutely. You definitely yes. do that. And it's cool, you know, and, and it's why you stay busy. And it's why, one of the reasons why you stay busy. And it's, and it's at, you know, it's something that, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And sometimes, you know, 
I'm not going to lie to you. Every sometimes you just want to go there and phone it in. You want to go there and just like play the music and then go home. But actually, you're there to entertain, and that's something you take seriously. And I think that's pretty cool. So that's all I got to say about that. Thankfully, <laughs> I'm surrounded by clown women. All my girlfriends are clowns, and they bring more clowns out. So when I go to book a venue, I'm like, "Hey, you see all these women over here that are clowns, and they're drinking a lot of beverages." They're like, "Yeah, we love them." I'm like, "Those are my people." Right. That. Does- and they're like, "There you go." And I have friends of mine, they're like, tell me about this venue. And I was like, listen, man, you got to bring some clowns out to that venue. That's a clown venue. And they're like, ooh, I don't have clowns. I'm like, it, it, doesn't hurt. it doesn't hurt to bring a group of women out because if you bring the women out, the guys will follow and then Absolutely. the venue's packed. I, I, bring, I bring an unusually large amount of under 35 single women that yes, don't act properly in public. You know, it sounds a little old-fashioned, but unfortunately it's still true. If you do that. Not unfortunately, it's just a thing. Oh, it's, it's fact. true. If you bring a bunch of ladies to a venue, you're going to get a bunch of people coming to the venue. It's just how and, it and, is. And, and I do that so. by putting time into debauchery. My, I've, I spend yeah. my time. <laughs> Yay for debauchery. Like, I'm going to go out and see a band, so I'm going to multitask, and I'm going to recruit new women into the clown brigade, but I'm also going to see this band that I like and get to know these guys, and like we're going to have a good time. Everyone's going to do well. There you go. Uh, things are going to yeah, be good. Yeah, man. I want to see the poster of the uh, Clown Brigade. Yes. I know. I I feel like you should rename your band. 12-month calendar of the the Clown Brigade. Nine different albums on my phone of women acting like freaking Johnny Green Clowns. I mean, there's a million. On the topic. Hey, so listen, Sally, would would you mind playing us us some music, do you think? I think I could do that. Awesome. Hey, and listen, guys, the sun has just come up here in England, so I'm going to sign out because I need to go to bed. So uh, sun it's has literally just come up. light outside right now. All right, now. you got it, man. So, so I'm going to go. But um, yeah, uh, rock out, um, Sally, and I'll see you all soon. And uh, peace. Take it easy.
the subway You're walking fast down the hallway Never can be on time You'd say he planned ahead for a good day These excuses all would play Never is the right time To left feet Everything's hard enough for the hearty Distracted and I'm feeling rough Well, it's you walking around Walking around in my head World renowned Well, it's you You're looking good on the bad side of town Go hard, all those Hollywood show hearts Sinatras and Bogas looking at me that way. I know everyone needs someone, someone they can just lay on looking at them that way. And I know everything you see filters through rosy loons. And when you see me, you must see a friend. Well, it's you. Walking around, walking around in my head, world renowned. Well, it's you. You're looking good on the bad side of town. Ain't nothing like me So tell me why would, oh why would 
trepidation. I understand your trepidation, but a woman can change, leave the free range. She's got a good reason. All those on stage magicians Think it's your play a little But I ain't never heard them write a song that could stick I know I'm the wrong generation So many years of frustration Standing my ground, saying true to myself Writing So, uh, James, our sponsor this week is Handlebars Bar and Grill in mm. Tequesta. Handlebars. Yes, yes. Uh, they're a pretty fantastic place. And uh, here I've to- heard they have good food. I've heard they have a really good, like, a salmon. A good Tremendous. Sandwich. Very good. Yeah. So here to, tell us, yet. here to tell us all about it is uh, is Ben. Take it away, Ben. Yeah, we have a um, – so Handlebars um, Bar and Grill has, has – um, it's, it's now the official sponsor of um, – of the yeah. podcast, yeah. It, uh, they're, they're sponsoring us every week, which is um, just so great. And it, honestly, we, we couldn't do this without sponsorship. So um, we're incredibly grateful. Um, it's a biker bar up in uh, Tequesta, right on the border of um, Palm Beach County and Martin County on, um, on US One there. And it's a it's a biker bar. So um, if you have a bike, um, roll up on your bike and you'll get to see a whole load of cool different um, types of vehicles there. You have people showing up in rat rods and old sports cars and classic cars and all sorts of interesting stuff, as well as across the board interesting bikes vintage bikes you know yeah. new ones like you know, like crotch rockets all the way to kind of like beautiful old triumphs and bsas and stuff like that so if you're a you know if 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 you are into cars and bikes you can w- want for a better place the other good thing about it is that it now has live music mm-hmm. on saturdays from 7 to 10 p.m. On Sundays from two to five PM, and every second Thursday we have a bike night. Um, I'm involved with it. It's my father-in-law who, uh, who basically um, has rejuvenated the place. It used to be called yeah. Judy's, yeah. and um, and I'm I'm helping any way I can. I'm I'm helping him book the music and and you know I've little bits and bobs here and there. But it's really my father-in-law Peter Panella who is uh, running the show up there, and he's doing a great job. So um, come and support us because it is 100 percent local local musicians, lo- local staff, lo- locally owned, locally run, and we would love to have your support up there. A lot of good beer. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, lot of good food. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. you know if you're hungry, we've got you. We've got a chef who's been there for um, two or three weeks now and has really settled in. Has just made the place his own, and um, and we have a, a huge selection of um, 
beers because um, Judy's was known for having um, loads of interesting German beers on tap and we've tried to keep that going so we've got a great selection of beer there as well and um, really the only things wrong with the place prior to us taking it over was it was just getting a bit run down and you know um, what we've done is we've uh, modernized it a bit updated it a bit cleaned it up the beer's cold you know the food's delicious everything's run yeah. properly and professionally yeah. we've built a big deck out the front and it's um you know it's it it's great it's g- good stuff yeah it's a cool it's a cool spot so yeah those were uh, some amazing songs sally why don't you tell us about us tell, tell us about them rather thank you thank you um good on the bad side is from Upswell. I just released Upswell at the very end of February. I'm excited that I got it out in 2021. I was going to say this year, right? Yeah. yeah. And, that, I, and that's I, the first song, correct? Yep. Okay. I, I really was ambitious trying to get it out in 2020, but 2020 was a horrific time for all of the things. So while I got, I was able to get a single out, I was able to get Around You out in 2020. We we got everything out for Upswell in 2020. One in February. It was awesome. And that song, Good on the Bad Side, is a really cool song. I had a really good time writing it. It it had a lot of different influences to it. But, you know, that whole album, it was an EP, but there's a couple songs on there that are long. Sand and and Tequila are both both six-minute songs. So it really feels like like maybe a seven-minute a seven song album, you know, because of those six minute songs. Because you got like, you know, two metal songs on there. I'm a punk band with totally. three songs. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and because of my punk and metal background, that's part of it. But also, I mean, Tequila is a, it's, it's two songs in one. It's a, it's a surf rock anthem that, a surf rock indie pop anthem. It's really, yeah. it's really on another level, like, of, it's going a lot of places. Sand is just like it's definitely an indie pop song, but it's got like a it's got a hip hop quality to to it as well, which uh, is sand, kind of unusual. Sand reminded me of like a Pixie song. I like oh, it. For sure. Like oh, honestly, call. a lot of yours had a lot of very Pixie sounds to it. I do it. like it. It had a lot of that airy call. feel, and yeah. like I I enjoyed that a lot. Like first thing I thought when I was going through it was like that was like to me a lot of the influence that it felt like to me, mm-hmm. just a lot, especially that surfy. Kind of spacey feel yeah. to it. That song "Sand" is going to be cool. We're doing we're doing a re-release. That's going to be in the next several months. Um, my friend Mike Sanchez is going to be. We're going to be doing that in the next several months. That's going to be a very cool re-release because it's going to have a lot of different vibes on it. Yeah. And and that re-release is going to be awesome on "Sand." But "Tequila" is like that's my soul song. I mean, that's my soul song. If anyone right. ever wants to get to know me as a person. Listen to Tequila, but 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 to play good on the bad side, good on the bad side was a little bit of an emotional exorcism song, so it's it's fun to play that. I like the strong a, vocals in that one. It's this, a fun song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. very fun. There's a lot of strong Catchy. vocals, like and on the recording, and even here, the energy build from the first verse to the second verse to the third, like to the finishing and the ending. It's it's. Huge and like your energy gets louder, your vo- your voice gets stronger and more powerful as you go through it because you get emotional through it and you can kind of feel that as you're going through it. And I like, 
That's what to me. That's what makes that one of my like, that was my favorite song on the album because I that one was like it just got so like like even like almost with an edge and grindy at the end of yeah. it, and I like that. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite too. Like it just it just I, I don't know why it just kind of grabs you and you just you you have to sing along with it. Yep, <laughs> it's really cool. That I like the ba ba ba's. Yeah. I I, I, the, uh, I love I backing like vocals. A, I, I wanted to have a retro oldies feel. Oh, it was ba ba. Like literally, it, it's it, it, it's a total chance along thing in there, and it was a good it was a good addition to it. I think it's very cool that you like that one because the first time I ever played that song was with with my old band. You know what? Three years ago, something like that. At, at and it was playing with you, and that was the first time I ever played that song. And I just written it and just written it maybe like that week. And and I had different guitar player, completely different band playing playing somewhere random in Jupiter. Like but that was really cool because you told me you walked up to me, you go, "Yo, I like that song." I was like, "Yeah, that's yeah," because cool. it caught me that yeah. day. It, it yeah. stuck out. It was it stuck out compared to the rest of the stuff you were doing, just dramatically as something that had just that good poppy that's, edge and like that like. That's probably why I put it on Upsall. It's because of you saying that to me. I appreciate which that. Which is cool. Which is very cool. And that song is... So when is, you make your first million dollars, is James getting cut in? Somewhere? Totally. Yeah. If oh, I ever make sweet. a million dollars off of anything, like, I'm We're all going anyway. on tour. Life is a lot easier yes. when you don't have a million dollars. We're that's, all going on tour. All, like, all the musicians I know, we all say the same thing. If I make a million dollars, I'm just taking all my friends on tour. <laughs> right. Every, like, we're just going to all get in buses. We're all going to go have 50 of us are all going on tour. I'm not getting in a bus. I'm going to get in my Instagram glam van. Because yeah. I'm going to get like a Mercedes Sprinter and pimp this thing out. I'm going to be on Instagram. I'm gonna have a stream like of income it. just from my Instagram glam van posts. That's but awesome. But to be fair, good on the bad side. Like that's a fun song for me. And although Upswell, there's a lot of songs on there that like I vibe hard with. Good on the bad side. It's like it was written about somebody that I don't ever want to see again for the rest of my life. But it was a fun moment that I wrote it in. Right. And so it's taken on a different meaning for me because now I have an enjoyable time. And if I ever run into that clown again, I'll be like, hey, bitch, guess what? Thanks for inspiring I me. I T-Swifted Joe ass. <laughs> guess what? Guess what? And that, that's what it is. But Wrong Generation, like. I like that one. That new one is great. It's like, it, it's a lot of fun because I like to, I like, when something bothers me, I like to make fun of it. And. When I lived in Nashville, the way that I, I feel like I noticed that a lot in all of your songs. The the way that the the way that that some of these these girls that I was I went there to to write some songs for some people and I I stayed there for a while, and the way that I saw like female musicians being treated there like it was very strange to me like they they think you're old when you're like 25. Now and I I burned a lot of years playing football, but those are the only years that you have playing football. Like I mean absolutely. That's you so can't I really burned, do that in your 40s. 40s no, no, I mean, I burned a lot of years playing sports that I had only those years. And and then I went there and I saw these women that are incredible musicians. Not really getting treated very well because they think you're old when you're 26 years old. I'm like, what? Because you're past that pop age. But yeah, I don't but, get it. But I feel like that's... That's so all musicians, though. I don't think... I, I mean, yeah, may, maybe true. it's a little harsher on women, but I, I, think, I think that's all... I, I think if you're... 
you know, 40 years old, you Once could write you get... the greatest song in the world. They're going to approach you and they're going to ask you to sell it to a young band. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's genre based. It's so, it's so, so genre true. Because, so like, punk based. is the same way. Yeah. It's like, so... punk, no. it's the young man's game. No, all I, I, don't, I don't know about that because, man, the, the, the punk bands I feel like sell the most shows are the ones that have been touring for freaking 20 years, which is awesome. True. And I'm into that. And and same with like, you know, you got these eighties bands that these guys have been touring for freaking twenty years. And I love that. But, you know, I think about it and I don't care because I'm an indie musician. I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care. I could be like I could I could hire some girl to say she's me and I could release everything online and be like, There I am. It's it's indie indie music is so different. It's such a different Absolutely. planet. Indie music doesn't care. Like indie Absolutely. music, it's not about just being independent. Indie, indie music is its own genre. But like my my musical idol is Lucinda Williams. Okay. And she's a picker. I'm not to her even even in her like followers wheelhouse of skill. <laughs> but she has shown people, hey, guess what? I'm a woman in this business that's gonna keep on rolling as long as I'm alive. Absolutely. And I like that. And, and actually, there's a lot of country music women like that. You know, Dolly keeps rocking. She don't care. Gotta love Dolly. Oh, man. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's Always a lot of women. Always a fave. They, they don't care. But woman of class right there. We're trying to get country music to get their shit together. Blues music is not ages. No. No, that's blues actually kind of the reverse. Appreciates they want you to be musicians. older. And and I love that. And I don't know. They're like, oh, I'm, you're not great enough. You can't do the blues. I know. It's the you're truth. You're not pissed that's enough. The truth, and that's the truth. And I, I, I want to become one of the blues mandolin players of South Florida. You gotta, you gotta and like, there aren't any yet. You got to be like old enough to give up on the world. Well, I know, and I'm just gonna start my journey now because, like, 20 years from now, then I'll be old enough to give up on the world. You know, so I haven't given up on the world. Yet. So, who are uh, uh, you were talking about? Some national acts. Are there any? Are there any local bands or local artists that like? You just they're your favorites. You really like them. You really totally Surfer Blood. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, a big talk, clown yeah, we, for Surfer Blood. Yeah, we talked about that sure. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I 100 love them. They rock. They're unbelievable. I'm a my my two like active touring legends that I'm obsessed with are Dave Matthews and Lucinda Williams. But there's a lot of local musicians that I'm obsessed with. A I'm a little bit of a clown. I, I will meet a local musician that I've been following for years and be a big-time loser. And then I'll, uh, some famous person will walk by. I'm like, okay. No. Like, no. <laughs> You're fangirling over the local guy. Oh, my God. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's five or six local musicians that I've met in the last few years that, 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 that I acted like a huge clown. Acted like a huge clown. Um, Can't help yourself sometimes. I, I do I the mean, same thing sometimes. Fair, when it's people that I like, I, I'm like I nerd out for freaking ten years. Oh, and sure. then, Well, actually, if I'm if I can be a total loser, Ben in the original Killbillies way back in the day, mm-hmm. I was a massive Killbillies fan back 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was just a bass player, and I went and saw them at Skirgerber, and it was him and Micah, and I was obsessed with Micah, and I was obsessed with Ben. And so, you know, Micah does his thing, Ben does his thing, and, and I go out like three or four years ago, and I'm like, I'm really a loser because I'm like a huge fan of these people, and they're going to think I'm a clown. And and I thank God I knew James already. I'm like, I'm going to look like a loser. When he started playing with Kibbles, I'm like, I'm going to look like a loser, but I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out. I'm going to be a clown. <laughs> and Ben probably was like, she's a clown, but she's cool. 
And then Micah was like, she's a clown, but she's cool. <laughs> so, like, my, one of my funny. guitarists it's all knows Micah. So when I met him, I was like, I know I'm a loser. It's okay. And that's what I said. Like, that was my, that was my pre-conversation <laughs> my opening. sentence. I know I'm a loser because I've been a fan of you for so long, but it's okay. And he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it's funny because when I, uh, I, I've told Ben this story. Um, I, I've probably told you this story as well, but um, when uh, – uh, way back in the day, when you know when Killbillies was first going around and stuff, I saw them at O'Shea's, and and not because yes. not because I saw they were playing there and had to go see them. I just happened to be O'Shea's getting annihilated that night, and, yes. and Killbillies were playing. And the whole time, I was just like sitting there watching them. Like I don't even think I was talking to my friends that much. I know. Just sitting there watching them, watching them, watching them, and, I, and, and they were they were just killing it. And I I remember turning I remember turning to my wife and saying. Saying like, man, these guys are really awesome. I'd love to play in a band like that Dude, one day. And then, and then all of a sudden, one day, James and I are talking, and James says, "Yeah, we might be needing a bass player soon." And I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh pick me, <laughs> pick me, pick me!" <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's funny that it just goes full circle. You know, you see the band, and then you're like, "Like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be that guy one day." And then really? one day, you are that guy no, or girl. Ironically, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I was talking to you about it because we had already decided on it. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I didn't. That, I didn't know that part. I had already story. talked about no, it many no, times, and I was like, no, just trying to like, I'm like, all right, I gotta like force this issue at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never even played stand up. I was Dude, just like, I, he I'll, told me, you was, guys told me that's right. I'm blown away. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'll just do like an acoustic bass, and then Ben's like, well, maybe nope. you try stand up. I'm like, I'll just try it. <laughs> I knew it <laughs> from the start that you would you would instantly because you're that's a bass crazy. player, you're oh, going to and, want and to I, play the upright. And let's be real, I'm a gear whore, and you're a nerd. You have to bass player. <laughs> Absolutely. I would never play stand up. Like you could, you could give me five hundred dollars to James, show, and I'd be like, I don't. Ask James. Do this. Ask James. I bought, I bought a stand up bass from someone, and I, I had it in the house, and I was, I was trying it out, and I was messing around with it here and there. I probably had that bass for what four months, yep. and they kept telling me like, or when are you going to bring it out? And yep. I'm like, ah, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. Ben finally is the one who said, look. Bring it out. You're either going to play well or you're not. But it doesn't. He's it. like, it doesn't matter because people are going to be so mesmerized by the fact that there's a stand-up bass there. Yep. And so I did it, and I screwed up left and right. But there's a margin it, of error on the stand-up bass too. Yeah, well, because especially with the fretless, it's you have to have a Absolutely. really good ear. But I You're, like the margin. It, of error. The intonation can be. Mm-hmm. You got to know where terrible. you are. Your mind hole has to know where mm-hmm. the fuck you are. And you know, and, cool. and you know, by playing, we're all bass players here. If you freaking do the wrong thing, the whole room farts in the wrong tone. It's oh, the wait. worst feeling. Wait, you are but, a bass player. <laughs> but I'm a tremendously good, like, swoosh. Like, I'm really good at, like, making that little shift. Uh, like, yeah, bing. Oh, I was just playing a jazz note. Shut the fuck up. Like, I, I, you know, what am I doing here? A little bend here, a little move. Yeah. So since, since, since you are a bass player, we have to formally invite you into a band that hasn't come to fruition yet. It's but all bass? It, but it will. Oh, it's an all bass player band. I'm only All going. I'm only players. doing it if it's called titties and beer. I'm down. <laughs> you know I'm down. I feel like it should be just titties and bass. Yeah, titties and bass. Oh my god, titties and bass. Titties and bass. That's actually terrific. That sounds really, 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 really good to me. I'm, All right, I'm so uh, we're gonna we're gonna put the uh, the graphic of your pedal board up on the screen there. Oh, and your very well. your very <laughs> unique pedal board. It's uh, it's awesome to look it at. It Makes me very well. I love it. Yeah, I so, love it. So uh, apparently Ben Child is also the greatness factor of Ben Childs. Yeah. Yep, he had one. He yeah. had one just. Yeah, he had talk. one just like it for Born a while. Born out of like lack of preparedness for a solo show where I had no <laughs> fucking pedal board, but I had ordered a bunch of pedals. 
within the last like span. Hey, however you make it work, man. Yeah. It talk, looks great. Talk us through the pedal board here. Well, so the left, we've got that, that RP70. That's like for my electric mandolin. So I have an electric four-string, totally like feisty as hell four-string mandolin. I'm obsessed with it. It's kind of like, it kind of makes me crazy. I'm not going to lie. This four-string mandolin is the Mando Bird, the Mando Bird 4. It makes me insane because the tone... Okay, if you've listened to Tequila, mm-hmm. Tequila is nothing but the Mando Bird 4. And Epiphone is life. And life <laughs> is Epiphone. Yeah. So to have that instrument in my wheelhouse is just insane. It's insane. The RP-70 is just for that. Just for that. It's the only reason I use that. The duplicator is fire because it's got a lot of stuff that I can utilize when I play solo, but it also has some it has some nice reverb tones. I don't do a lot of duplication. I do, like, occasionally I'll do an octave and stuff, but mainly I use that for the reverb. It's got a very, very cool, very cool auto-tone, but nice. I still use a lot of auto-tune. I don't. The freaking Canyon is a fire delay pedal. It's I yeah, fire. I absolutely love the delay that's on that. But I use that I use that as a looper right now because I have an, another looper that I'm going to get, and that will replace that. So I'll use that solely for the delay. Nice. And the, the shimmer effect on that. Oh yeah. my god. I, I like that kind of stuff because I like those kind of effects. The shimmer makes me want to be a better woman. <laughs> it doesn't make me be a better woman, but it makes me want to be a better woman. And then I just have an A and B switcher, just because I get I get grouchy about what happens when I put my mandolin down on the stands. Like it bothers me. Absolutely, absolutely. And then and then that I absolutely love that Donner pedal with the the preamp. The preamp is insane. The preamp alone is worth everything on there. It's got a really nice reverb. It has a chorus, which is cool. But that Donner, that Donner preamp is is all it is because the mandolin like the my regular mandolin, the Ovation, the standard mandolin, is high. Yeah. And running that into an amp or running it into my mixer, it's a, it's a high, high, difficult instrument to work with sound-wise. Absolutely. It's, a very, it tough, the, it's a very tough instrument to mix in because hard. you can overdo it and really oversaturate the people with the mandolin, and then it yeah. just sounds like there's nothing but mandolin. It, it's a lot. And, even and the then if you down, turn it too low, it falls out. Turning yeah. the treble down can make it real muddy. It it's really so bright, it needs to be. It's, it's bright, so bright, but it's, it's thin, so, so it needs so to be bright. in that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't play like a like a bluegrass picker, so the brightness of a mandolin in and of itself does not lend itself to my indie style, my indie folk style. So that freaking preamp is life. And then that's a volume pedal because Jay and Lee said, you need a volume pedal. I'm like, it's, okay. It's very helpful. That's, that's, that's Honestly, fair. it's very helpful. <laughs> like, like Joe uses it a lot because yeah. just sometimes you don't realize, like, the energy you're putting out in the song gets it louder, and you just kind of need to come back because you're like, oh, shit, yeah. I, I dialed it up a little too much. Or, yeah. or like everybody else, oh, you know, guitarists always get louder as they go. Yeah. Well, God damn it, that's a thing. Okay, <laughs> let, let, let me speak out against that. No, I love my guitarists. Bass players against loud guitarists. Bass players against Bass loud guitarists. Bass and mandolin players against freaking loud guitarists. I mean, honest to God, like, don't get me wrong. Me love me some guitar souls. But that's why I have that because I like the mandolin to be – Maybe in between. I like the mandolin to be, I like my rhythm guy to be right just below the mandolin. Right. And my solo guy. So it's acting like the top of the rhythm. To be rhythm. a little above me. Yeah. All the time. I mean, because my, my solo guitarist, he doesn't play a loud rhythm. He's a very, very subtle rhythm player. So I want him highest in the mix. Right. 
to so really get so you can hear all his diversity. When I have to just get get Clown City and be like, I'm doing a solo now. This is happening. <laughs> Stomp that little baby. I know. Yeah. I kind of want to. I kind of want a volume pedal, volume sweep for Killbillies too, because my boost is too much. Yeah. And I would like to have something where I could dial it in and be like, oh wait, now I'm doing this kind of a picking. I love that I'll pull it back pedal. here. It's, I'll like do it. this, I'll pull it to here. And it's, it's funny, you wouldn't think with the standard bass, but I've actually thought about that with the standard bass even because there's been times where where I need to be out in front a little bit and there's mm-hmm. other times where I want to go down and then and and you hear sometimes sometimes I just get like that feedback. Yep. Although, I like that although one. I do play the feedback pretty well. <laughs> yes you do. You do you do play a mean feedback. <laughs> oh amazing feedback. <laughs> um, I honestly really, really, really like that volume pedal. Yeah. It's little, it's small, it's easy to use, it's very responsive, but it's predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I like that one. So, well, That's my only gearhead shit, because I'm really not very knowledgeable about gear. Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> I look like a clown talking about gear it's, with people, and I just basically do this no, with people. I'm like, you, I want to listen. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you know you, what your pedals yeah. do. That's more. That's, that's the most important. important. That's I the think most, I know what they do. I know do. what my do, mine do. Sometimes my they do, do things I didn't know they do, which is cool, <laughs> and I learn something. I'm like, interesting. But, but, but at least you know what they do that you want them to do. Exactly. And, and I think I and usually know what they do when I want them to do them most of the time. Well, right. and I definitely, they get the sound that you want out of that Mando that you have, absolutely. Because they really get a nice Amazing Mandolin. An amazing Mando. Um, I'm waiting for the progressive agenda of the world to allow me to marry the gold tone mandolin. <laughs> because I, when, when, when I go... I think we're getting there. When I, go, when, yeah. when I leave this earth, I want everything to go to that mandolin. <laughs> so we got to figure out a way my to name make it Gold Tone. Yeah. Well, well, that th- that, that man <laughs> thank is going to get everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for uh, for being on here. Um, our, uh you actually are playing uh, Brick and Barrel on uh, Friday the second. Absolutely. That's yeah. a that's a Fox and Foes. That's a Fox and Foes. That's a nine to twelve. Awesome. Nice. Always for, awesome. for the moment, I'm off on the third. I don't know if that's going to continue. Uh, between now and then, I uh, think we're. And for those that don't do know, something. we're recording this a week early since Ben is uh, on on holiday, as he says. Holiday. So, uh, so yeah, but I'm sure between now and then you'll you'll have something on the third, I'd and like then uh, now we get to our shameless Killbillies plug. Yes, Killbillies. Um, I also I, like to shamelessly I, plug Killbillies. As I said, uh, Ben's on holiday, so our first show back at it will be July 8th, and we will be at the Funky Biscuit. Ooh. Oh, that's right, Funky uh, Biscuit. And, 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 First and time. And you, as will I. You will need nice. to bring the clown posse with you. I will you. be there in Clownville. <laughs> the clown brigade. Yes. I will be there in Clownville in the audience 100%. Yeah, That's going to be a fun show. I can't I'm excited about that gig. I think it's going to be a fun gig. That is, um, that like, is my I, new favorite yeah. It's the first time I've played at a place that I haven't played at yeah. in a while. It's, yeah. a, it's an incredible venue. No, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, man. I'm thrilled that Al reached out, you know, uh, reached back out to me when I sent the email. It's going to rock. Um, I'm thrilled that we're going to be playing there. It's going to be fun. You know, hopefully we'll pack the place. I know that uh, Thursdays they call it Thirsty Thursdays. Oh, yeah. So Thursdays they have like a whole. I'm going to do a cartwheel in the crowd, and I'm going to bring out all the women that I know, nice. all the women, all the South County yeah, women gonna, that I've gonna, ever met. We're going to hold you that, <laughs> right? If you think I won't do a cartwheel while you're playing, you don't know me. No, I I felt that ring. Uh, I know you will. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. She'll do that. It's going to happen. I might, you know, I might, I might, I might cause people the funky biscuit to be like, Meh. I don't know how we feel about this woman, but it's going to be fun. That's okay. 
And on the uh, on the next episode, we are going to have Carl Schmid, violin player. Awesome. Oh, nice. Is, yeah. Love Carl. Amazing, amazing yeah. violin player. I, like I know Carl. he's played oh, with God. Killbillies a few times. Yes, so, he has. Yeah. That's uh, going to be really fact, cool. Uh, I think the first time I played with him was uh, uh, Ben's birthday. He's played with Fox and Fellows as well. He's, he rocks. Yeah. He rocks. Yeah. He yeah, always he, comes yeah, in, does some pretty, nice stuff with us, hangs out, and is a good person. Oh, he's it's all super, good stuff. Yeah, he's super amazing. Super amazing. So, yeah, he'll be on the next episode. Um, so... Yeah, uh, with a, you know, with that being said, thank you very much. We uh, we appreciate you being on. Psyched, psyched. Yeah, another album coming out end of the year, so um, stay tuned. Excellent. Yes. We'll be looking for it. All right, guys. Next time. <laughs>